Hello, everybody. My name is Anthony. And I'm Holly. Welcome to episode 61 of Welcome to Primetime. Today, we're going to be continuing our top films of 2021 after kind of a long break there. We had uh, a break for Christmas and we were going to record these episodes kind of like back to back, but... Um, we had some delays in being able to watch the all the films that we wanted to watch before we were able to, like I guess, decidedly decide yes. <laughs> which was our favorites. And funnily enough, as fate would have it, we still I still personally I don't know about you, but I didn't get to watch all the contenders for film of the year for or top films of the year for me. So the just right off the bat, the two that I didn't get to see yet, uh, Dune. I haven't watched that yet. And Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. So those are two that I feel like are probably going to make their way onto this list and maybe knock out another, you know, like two that are on this list that I have currently. So anyway, this list is subject to change. But as of right now, this is my these are my favorites of 2021. So is there any that you that were on your list for that? You were like, oh, that might be one of my favorites, but you didn't get to watch it. Um. I did not get to watch Tick, Tick, Boom, which I wanted to watch. Okay. Um, so I haven't gotten to watch that one yet. So that was that was a possibility for being on your list? Yes, it gotcha. was. Okay. Well, so anyway, this is <laughs> this is kind of like a, a subject to change, I guess, sort of list. And just in case you didn't catch the first episode, we, we counted down the first three on our list. And they're not really in any particular order. Um we're just kind of going through our list. And so to recap the first episode, we went from uh, 10 to eight. And so number 10, we had um, for me and Holly, I think was psycho Gorman uh, nine for me. What nine for me and Holly was pig. And then eight for Holly was Willie's wonderland and eight for me was Titan. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones that we've covered already. And, um, we're going to also be kind of splitting this up. It was supposed to be three episodes originally. And I think in the last one, I said that we were going to just do one more episode. I don't remember <laughs> what we said, but anyway, this is going to be the next three uh, films on our list. And then two weeks time, we'll also have another, the the final episode, which will be part three and we'll have our top four. Mm-hmm. So that should be 10. Yes. <laughs> and maybe by that point we'll have seen, the other movies that we wanted to see as well. So anyway, without any further ado, that's enough preamble. So Holly, why don't you start us off with your number seven? Uh, yeah. So my number seven is probably um, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a really smart comedy. Um, I enjoyed the the dry style. It's always one of my favorite styles. I liked the um, kind of like kitschy pointing your finger at like the the middle-aged woman yeah (laughs) um so that one you know of course it came out in 2021 which is why i'm talking about it (laughs) and um it was directed by josh greenbaum and it depicts the friendship of uh two middle-aged ladies who are um, living in the midwest and they decide for the first time in their life to venture out and go on a vacation to this magical um middle-aged um it's like a resort. Yeah, it's like a middle-aged, it? yeah, it's a resort for middle-aged people in um, a town called Vista Del Mar. Um, and they have this... Which is in Florida, Florida. right? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and so they they go um, and they ended up in this big scheme um, for this villain who is pasty white, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just really enjoyed 
this. Um, Kristen Wiig is one of my favorite um, actresses in comedy. Um, I just like her style. Uh, it's kind of like a mixture of, of body and then like dry comedy. Yeah, there is like elements yeah. of slapstick there too. Yeah, and it's never like completely over the top with her. Um, but the comedy in this is wild. <laughs> what I liked about this one is that it really, it fully commits to being mm-hmm. like completely insane for like yeah. the entire time. Cause it starts off and it's kind of like, uh, this is just going to be like a little, you know, like buddy film, like mm-hmm. buddy road trip type film. And it's just like, it goes in a million different directions. It does. It's a wonderful Florida musical with all the pastel <laughs> colors. <laughs> I really love the color palette of this one too. I'm a huge fan of all the, the Florida colors they used. Yeah. <laughs> they committed to the palette too. They did. Yeah. It's cool. Anything yeah. else about Barb and Star? No. Cause we did an episode on it. So that's true. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, yeah, that's a good point. The, mm-hmm. These episodes are just kind of you know, just to, as a quick summary of the film and, and just kind of why, it's why we list. liked it and that's it. Moving along. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked Barb and star as well. Um, it, it was really good. It, it was definitely like one of the funniest comedies I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it did not make its way onto my list, but that doesn't mean that I didn't love it. It's still really good. Um, so, oh, and also I just want to drop in real quick too. another reason that this episode kind of took a back seat until, like two weeks later, one was to allow us more time to watch the movies that were on our that would potentially be on our list um, for best films of the year. And two, me and Holly both got sick. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of recovering. So if you hear me cough um, during this episode, uh, I want to apologize in advance. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so um, we had some sort of sinus infection kind of deal thing. I brought the plague home from work. Yeah. It was not COVID and it was not the flu. So we're good on that front, but still kind of sucks. So I've been home for the past like three days. Anyway. So Holly's number seven, Barb and Sargo to Vista Del Mar. My number seven is going to be the green Knight, um, from obviously from 2021, just a habit. I keep saying from 2021, but obviously all of these are going to be from 2021 because yeah. it's our best films of 2021. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so how many Green times H- are we going to tell that joke? <laughs> we uh, all the time, <laughs> as many times as we forget that all of these are from 2021. Yes. It, old habits die hard, I suppose. Yeah. I probably said that in the last one too. I don't. Know. Anyway, so the Green Knight, directed by David Lowry, um, is like this epic, like fantasy adventure that is about the Arthurian legend of the Green Knight. And it tells the story of Sir Gawain and uh, who is King Arthur's nephew. And he goes on this um, this quest to confront the Green Knight, um, who's this gigantic, like, emerald-looking dude. And um, he basically, like, the this, like, the symbology in this is very, like... Um, it's kind of one that stuck with me for a while. And so like after we finished watching it, I had to look up the like because I've actually never read the story. And so I still enjoyed it, though. I think the the thing that stuck with me most about this is just like how symbolic everything is in the movie, but also the cinematography as well. And so like all the different like you've read the story, right? Um, I haven't read the story I have not. No. Oh, OK. <laughs> for some reason, I thought that you had. But well, I mean, it's like a page long. We read it. It's not very long. Yeah, I, I, I know, like, but I mean, I guess we did read it, but I, I'm thinking of like, I have a whole book of like the, it's the Green Knight and it's like the entire 
tale of not just the Green Knight, but like the it's like the oh, the whole the whole sir, story of yeah, yeah Sir Arthur in the Round Table yeah yeah basically yeah um I think uh Sir Gowan is the is a poem that's a part of the yeah I think you're right story. I don't know how it how it all breaks down but anyway I just liked how symbolic everything in the movie is and it's like once you read the um just the the part that this movie focuses on. Um, it's really interesting to see it pointed out visually and how subtle everything is. But like once you read the story and you go back and you watch it again, you're like, oh, that's what that is. Because it's definitely one of those like you can enjoy it like if you've never read the book or the story, but you're going to get a lot more out of it if you've if you've read it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the things that stuck out, the reason that this one is on my top um, top films of the year is I think that it just was able to do a lot with the little um, mm-hmm. I like how it expanded that world and like fleshed everything out. And the cinematography was amazing. The score was really cool. I think you mentioned there was some sort of old. Like, yeah. Um, the English madrigal. Yeah, yeah. In the score that mm-hmm. that really stuck out to me. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, I really like this. This like particular section of the score. And Holly was like, yeah, it's an English madrigal. And I was like, how did you even know that? Music history. <laughs> yep. So. Um, but yeah, so that's that's one of like my absolute favorites of the year. I really loved it. I got the Blu-ray whenever it came out and watched it again. And we saw it in the theater. It came out around my birthday. It was actually, you know, obviously supposed to come out in July. And then they pushed it back to like August of this year, I think, or mm-hmm. of 2021. So anyway, we all went to the theater to watch it. And it was one of my first trips back to the theater. And so I was super stoked. And so that might actually play a little bit into why I like it so much, because it's I think aside from Jaws, it was our first movie mm-hmm. we saw back in the theater. Yeah. Um, first new film, for sure. So anyway, um, that might might be why it holds a special place in my heart. But anyway, I think it's a really solid, well-made film. So mm-hmm. The Green Knight. All right. So yeah. your number six. Um, my number six is Malignant. Okay. Is nice. that one on your list anywhere? It is not. Okay. So... Um, I always really enjoy a scary movie that does something a little different. And this one was something a lot of different. <laughs> I was going to say a little difference in understatement with this one. Yeah. Um, I just liked the style of it. I liked um, the spookiness. I like how they used uh, the tunnels of Seattle and kind of talked about the history of Seattle. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. I just thought it was really, I just enjoyed it. It was a wild ride. <laughs> Did you put it on your list like just because it was so different or like what what's the thing that pushed it over the edge for you as far as getting it on your list? I think what made it so different is the fact that it combined so many different types of horror. Yeah. So like kind of like the the serial killer in the black coat with gloves, mysterious yeah. voice mixed with like this sci-fi medical thing that's going on mixed with like a ghost story for part of it because you don't really know what's going on um yeah i really liked that (laughs) there was parts of it for me that felt like in a good way felt like a um like a made for tv like sci-fi horror film Mm -hmm. um that you would see like in the early to mid 90s and but like in a good way. I don't mean that in a, like a derogatory yeah. way or anything. Yeah. Um, but and then it jumps to like um, I, I think that like one one reason that I mean, I really like the movie a lot. Um, it didn't make my list for favorites, but I think that 
one reason that maybe it pro- like one thing that stopped it from getting my list was how it was marketed, which mm-hmm. was probably out of James Wan's hand um, or hands. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I, I assume he has multiple hands. Uh, <laughs> probably just two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so I think that the thing that mostly like prevented it from being on my list was mm-hmm. just the way that it was kind of like, yeah, it's James Wan's take on a Jello, And like really the only references to Jello that I caught were. Um, like a he was wearing black gloves and a black leather coat, and you didn't really mm-hmm. see his face, and that was kind of it. Like there wasn't really a whole lot else. The, the main, blood was pretty red. I mean, yeah, yeah that, and right. then I mean, that like, sounds stupid if you don't watch Jello. Yeah, but. the blood is like a hyper red, and and a lot of yeah. Jello films if you've never seen one before. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I I think that it was like I I really liked it, so I didn't like that detract from, um my enjoyment of it but mm-hmm. i think it was just kind of like i was set up to expect this one thing and then um i love the the like ridiculous ending mm-hmm. which i'm not going to go into spoiling it if you That's, haven't seen it yeah. but like the crazy like the craziness at the end of it because i don't even want to say like anything else because i'm gonna i feel like i'm gonna accidentally spoil it, but just the the bonkers like last half hour of it i loved mm-hmm. and, and i think that's where a lot of people it lost um, that I think that point kind of drew the line firmly in the sand. Like my mom wanted to watch that movie, mm-hmm. but she would have loved it until that point. And yeah. then at that point, she would have been completely like, nah, I'm done. Like, see, she any, been like that's so stupid. And I think that's where, yeah, any where any movie that makes my jaw drop is going to end up on this list. Like if I involuntarily like mouth agape. Yeah. <laughs> and it, that's what I did. It definitely so made like, me drop my jaw yeah. as well, <laughs> for sure. I was like, what in the world is happening right now? Yeah. But yeah. So good. Think, yeah. Good pick, though. Thanks. So, yeah. I also really like the color. I'm a color person. So yeah. I really like the color. It did have a cool color palette. Yeah. So. It did. All right. Well, okay. What year was that from? No, I'm just kidding. Ha. Huh. <laughs> All right. So my number six is Lamb, uh, the new A24 film. Is this on your list? This one's on my list. Um, and it is probably somewhere in a similar zone. Okay. So yeah. So we can you want to go ahead and talk about it together? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So I have no idea how um how to pronounce. I think it's Vladimir Johansson. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that. He's uh, I believe Icelandic. Um an Icelandic director. Anyway, so that's who directed this film. Apologies if I butchered his name. Uh but this is a new A24 film. Uh, we caught this in the theater as well and absolutely loved it. Um one of my favorites. Honestly, like if we were paying more attention to where we were placing films on our list and not just kind of giving our top 10, like I really feel like this would be possibly number 1 for mm-hmm. me. Um it's the first one that I thought of. Yeah. It's the first one that I put it's in my so, list. It's so it's so like visually striking and uh, um it takes honestly like a ridiculous concept Mm -hmm. and makes you feel a lot of feelings yeah it makes you feel like it normalizes this ridiculous concept and makes you accept it so the ridiculous concept is um there's this couple who live in this very like remote village and uh on a farm in iceland and there's like all of a sudden one day they um they're they're um just kind of i guess i don't know if it's blessed or cursed with this half lamb half human um they're they're um this lamb is born and it's uh, on their farm and it's like got the 
Um, I feel like Michael's got the the nose of a porcupine with the button, <laughs> but it's got like it's got a, a lamb's head, but mm-hmm. like human appendages basically, and so like it can walk around and um, it can even and, talk and and it, yeah, and it kind of hints at like a, a past trauma with this couple, like maybe they had a kid and something happened to the kid, or maybe they just had like a, a miscarriage of some sort or something like that, but like a kid and then they lost the kid. And so they start raising this half lamb, half human as their own child. And, um, so the, the, um, main character, I can't remember what his name, I think it's Ingvar. Uh, his brother comes to town and basically is like, he sees what's happening and is like, for some reason is just like hell bent on destroying his brother's happiness. He's like, that thing is not a human. Like, and, and at one point in the movie, he takes it out into the field, which at this point, this is like 30 or 40 minutes into the movie and into the point, or probably further than that into the movie, but it's 30 or 40 minutes into like them discovering it and like raising it as their own child and all this kind of stuff. And the brother, like while their family is sleeping, takes their kid out to the field and is like going to shoot it. And you're like, what is like wrong with his brother? It's like, just because it's something that's different. Um, he wants to destroy it basically, which I think is very, um, symbolic of, like our our culture a lot of times like oh it's different let's let's destroy it instead of yeah. welcoming differences we have to like you know just do the opposite of that basically and so anyway this this movie is really really great it's um it is a slow burn but it engages you the whole way through mm-hmm. um the cinematography is great so what do you have to add about lamb this is another movie that made my jaw drop um involuntarily <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah because you didn't know right no, you didn't, I didn't know I didn't that know, it was yeah i didn't know anything about this movie when i went to see it um so it was just it like the scenery was stunning the storyline like i really cared about the characters um and like i said i think it did just a really good job of you like accepting the rules of that universe mm-hmm. really quickly yeah um and it was very emotional and the ending also made my jaw drop, but I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that they kind of spoiled it like for everybody who hadn't seen it as far as like just people who had seen the trailer, mm-hmm. because you can tell like even in the posters that they used for the movie, like what the big and, and just in case you haven't, because like in this case, Holly and she didn't know what the big like twist was. And I mean, like you, she didn't even know that there was a, a lamb like a, a half lamb, half baby no, I did in the not movie. Know. She didn't see any sort of marketing for it at all. And I kind of feel like it's a huge reveal because when you're watching the movie, it doesn't even let you know that like when the, when it's first born, it doesn't show you. It, it kind of builds up this until the right moment. It to just reveal. shows the sheep's head. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can tell by the reactions that something is not quite right. Um, but it kind of the movie sets it up for a big reveal, but like a 24, whoever was marketing it decided that they were just going to put like the, the big twist, which there's kind of another twist too, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, and so anyway, uh, but it's, it's great and it's really, really good. And it, it like, like Holly said, it makes you accept the, the rules of the world very quickly. And even though it is kind of an outlandish concept, like it just, it's like, it's a very, um, emotional really well-made movie so lamb is is definitely one of my favorites of the year yep okay yeah so i guess just because we kind of decided that like 
if if one of our um, I'm taking a page from <laughs> Shockwaves and Colors of the Dark, just because this way to do it makes the most sense. So if like one of our one of us had a film on our list that the other one had on their list, if if it's at a higher um, if it's at a higher point on their list, we'll wait until we get to that point to talk about it or we'll go ahead and just talk about it, you know, right now, like in like we did in this case. So anyway, so Holly is done with her three and I'm going to roll on to my next one, which is Minari, um, which was directed by Lee Isaac Chung. And I think this technically had a it was technically marked for a 2020 release, but it actually didn't get released until February of 2021. So I'm counting it on my list. Um, this one stars Steven Yen from Walking Dead as uh, Jacob. And it's written, um, it's, it's also written um, by Lee Isaac Chung. And it's basically just tells the story of this Korean family who starts a farm in the 80s in Arkansas. And it's just a really, really, like, I think this is the year of movies that I'm just like, I mean, I always love a good A24 film or a very, like, character-driven mm-hmm. film. Um, but that's, like, mostly what's on my list this year, just these really, like, you know, simple stories of, like, a, in this instance, a Korean family moving to um, America and starting a farm and, like, just the kind of daily things that come mm-hmm. al- along with that and, like, the racism that they they encountered and like this this was released at such a perfect time like and i mean it's it's sad to say like it the reason that it was like a perfect time was because there was so much like hate and racial tension going on toward asians and asian americans at the time Mm -hmm. like when this was coming out and it's such an important movie for people to watch because like I mean, so to say it was released at a perfect time is really kind of not the best terminology, but like the, it, the, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like it, it wasn't perfect for that reason. It was perfect because it's like people, if people just sit down and watch this and like, you know, this family is thousands of miles away from their, from other loved ones and the grandma comes to visit and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like this very human, emotional, really well-made film, uh, cinematography and score for this one was awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I guess like, is this one on your list at all or uh, this one's like an honorable mention honorable on mention? my list? Okay. Yeah. It's one that I like wrestled with is like, you know, with other movies, <laughs> like what, what yeah. really belongs on my list? It's, you know, if we had categories for our favorite movies, it might be a little easier. Like yeah. your five favorite character pieces, your five favorite comedies, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So this, this, the focus of Minari is basically like, um, um, Jacob's son, David, um, he's seven and he's kind of like being raised as an American, but also like they're trying to also, um, show him like the culture of, of like his Korean, um, family and background as well. And so they, um, they move from the West coast. So they're living in the, on the West coast and they move to Arkansas to start their farm. And, um, so Jacob's mom, um, comes out, their, their grandma comes out and, and, um, visits the family and, and kind of like lives with them and, and kind of like, um, takes care of, of, um, David and like, he's, it's just like, I don't know, just something about this one. Really. I, I just really loved it. We watched it with my, my family and, um, with my mom and dad and my dad is usually not a person who is like, you know, we'll watch a movie and he'll be like, yeah, it was okay. That's pretty good. 
but this one he was like wanting to watch again and like told other family members about and which I was really surprised for for a number of reasons. One, because like I said, he doesn't usually compliment things like that. And mm-hmm. then two, he not that's not to say he doesn't like things. It's just he's very like selective with the movies he watches and stuff. And so this other reason is because like a good 80 percent of this was in um, Korean. And so it was subtitled and he usually doesn't watch subtitled movies. So um, I was very surprised and and really like super excited that he liked it so much so um but yeah it's just such a great film and i loved it so minari yes so we have four more to count down and we'll do that in the next episode um i guess should we do you want to go ahead and talk about your honorable mentions um or should we save that for the next episode save that for the next episode okay yeah i have a few honorable mentions um and then on top of you know the ones that the next four we're going to talk about um, in the next episode, but I have several. Um, we finally did. We were able to watch um, the last duel. Mm-hmm. We watched that last night, and that was pretty good. So you know, find out if it's on our list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, um, for for listening and sticking with us. And apologies for the. I guess it's only really been two weeks, but we were supposed to put out that episode on. Um, actually, it's been longer than two weeks since we put out our last episode. So, yeah, we did have a, a little bit of a break there for the holidays and everything and, and then being sick and all that kind of fun stuff. So anyway, apologize for that. And thank you for sticking with us and hope that you will come back and listen to the next episode. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.